Well, great to see everybody, and if you're joining us online, I'm thankful that we can be in, uh, in one experience together, uh, whether we're on campus or online, and I just want to say welcome, especially if you're new with us. My name is John. I'm lead pastor here, and, and I'm glad that you are part of what God is doing through Centerpoint Church. We're about life-changing connections, and I'm praying for you that life-changing connections will be happening for you. And so uh, I want to talk to you, particularly those of you who are part of the Saturday night experience, because we're thinking about adjusting our time. Uh, we, we moved it back to 7 p.m. Uh, a few months ago when it was 117 degrees in the day, and we thought, let's just try to get a little cooler. And that was great. But now it's, uh, it's so dark, so early, and more so starting tomorrow. And so we're thinking about moving back to 6 or even to 5 o'clock. And so so I'd love to know if, if you are down with that. And uh, we put out a little survey. If you, if you open the CP Pulse email that I send, which I don't know if you do or not, but uh, roughly uh, 60% of you have said, I'm good with 5 o'clock. 20% uh, said, I'm good with 6 o'clock. 9% said, I'm good with, any, you know, I'm good with uh, keeping it at 7. And 1% said, no matter what time it is, Pastor, I'll be there. I like that one. I like that one. Anyway. Uh, if you have strong feelings, um, send in a, a message to info at mycenterpoint.tv, and, that, and that'll help us get to know what we're, what we're doing. And we're not changing it until we say so. We're just discussing it right now. I just want you to know about that. Okay, second thing is I want you to know that uh, this coming week we'll be sending out a quarterly giving letter. And this is something we regularly do, but this one's a pretty big deal because uh, this is the, the last giving letter, uh, giving statement letter of All for the One. And so for two years, we've been on this journey together where many of us have been saying, yes, God, I want to see this vision flourish, and I'm going to give to see it happen. And your giving letter that will come to you this week will give you a statement that will let you know your progress in terms of here's what you said that you wanted to do, and here's what you've done, and, and uh, I just want us to all finish strong. And so that letter will uh, come this week. So in case you're one who doesn't normally check the mail, check it this week. There's actually going to be something other than a political flyer. It'll be great. And so the third thing is I wanted to let you know that uh, I think we ought to do some praying and fasting together leading up to Tuesday. And so I'm going to be fasting till Tuesday, both for some personal issues and some body of Christ issues and absolutely for the sake of our nation. And I would encourage any of you who have any inclination for any of those things, but especially for our nation, to fast and pray with me, and let's do it together as a church. And so what that means is to, to, to remove something that you really just want, whether it's solid food or all food except for you know, liquids, or whether it's social media or TV and entertainment, whatever it might be, fast with me. Choose something that you feel like without you know, damaging your life. You could fast from this in order to take some extra time to, to pray and pray for the United States of America, for the election, for our, the peace in our country, and, the, and for God's will to be done. So uh, I leave it up to you. We're going to do it together, but take extra time over these next two days. Please, church, it, it has to happen. God, God desires to move in our nation, but when I read the scriptures, I recognize that he moves as his people bow before him in repentance and turning to him in prayer. And he's the one who said, if my people who are called by my name, if my church, if my people would humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, I will hear from heaven and I'll turn their 
their way. I'll heal their land. And I feel like our land needs some healing. So let's be a church that fasts and prays, especially leading up to Tuesday. So maybe would you right now pray with me and let's just ask the Lord to, to lead us in what that might look like, okay? So Lord, as we consider being believers who would fast and pray, God, both for things in our own lives and then things in our church body and then things in our, in our nation, God, is there something, it, first of all, do you want us to participate in fasting and praying this way? And I pray that it would be your voice leading us, not just some strong arming from the pastor. But Lord, if you want us to, would you just nudge us right now saying, yes, be a part of it. And Lord, is there something in particular? God, would you speak to each one of us? What do you want us to fast from so that we could seek you all the more for these couple days leading up to Tuesday? God, is there something particular you would say that? Set that aside for these couple of days. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we do, even right now in this moment, we commit ourselves to seek your face, God, and to, to turn to you in this moment and ask for your blessing on our nation and on our church and on even things in our own lives. Thank you in advance, God, for what you will do. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. amen. And everybody typed in the comments. Amen. Mm, right, yeah, okay. Well, so... Uh, yeah, I, I want to get into the message today, and this is uh, part eight of the throwback series. And in this series, we are simply uh, going back to the basics of the fruit of the Spirit, because we need the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, in our country, in our community, in our families, in our church, in every way. We need the Spirit of God to move, and we need the fruit of the Spirit and that's what we're talking about in this series. So Galatians 5.22, it says this. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so today, we are talking about gentleness. Everyone say Gentleness. Gentleness, all right, gentleness. So I'm thinking about this message earlier in the week, and I'm thinking, gentleness, what does gentleness look like? And I thought, you know what, I'm going to do a Google image search. I want to know, what, like, what pops up when you type, uh, you know, gentle or gentleness into a Google image search? And the first thing that pops up are, are things like, you know, a cute little butterfly or a precious baby bird or a delicate flower in a graceful meadow or a, a baby's hand or a baby's foot or baby Yoda. Mandalorian fans unite. Come on, it's starting up again. <laughs> or, uh, you know, I stumbled upon, of course, like a, a picture of Jesus carrying a tender little lamb. And uh, so that is also something that pops up when you type in gentleness, if you keep scrolling enough. So I click on the, the, the Jesus carrying the lamb picture, and then that opened up a whole world of what I can only call uh, gentle Jesus pictures, <laughs> you know, of all kinds of gentle Jesus pictures. Like, for example, you got the... Uh, you got the, uh, the hippie Jesus kind of lost in the moment forever, you know, this one. Or, or you got the, you know, the, the pastel Jesus who's just sort of obsessed with his, uh, his, his, his rosy cheeks or something. Or you got, the, you, you got the sort of southern European emo Jesus. I don't know what else I would call this guy. But, you know, there's those kinds of, and I'm looking at all of these sort of gentle Jesus pictures. And I'm going, wait a minute. Come on. My Jesus is mighty and strong. Give me some strong Jesus. And so I did that. Then I thought, let me search that one. I Google searched strong Jesus. And there are, 
There are pictures. You got muscle builder Jesus breaking the cross with his strength. You got Jesus kicking some demonic butt with an arm wrestling match with the devil. I was looking at those and going, I like that. That's my Jesus. But then I was thinking, you know, that's kind of theologically questionable, both of those. But, so, <laughs> but then I was thinking about actual, uh, you know, biblical images of, of Jesus Strong Jesus. Like, for example, strong Jesus reaching out his hand to lift up Peter out of the water and the waves and the wind and the storm. I was thinking about strong Jesus who is regarded in Revelation as the one who holds the stars, seven stars in his hand. I was thinking about invincible Jesus who has a, a double-edged sword proceeding from his mouth. I was thinking about Jesus who is strong, 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 carrying the cross on which he would die. I was thinking about strong Jesus, strong enough to take the nails into his hands on my behalf. I was thinking about Jesus, fierce Jesus, who's called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Somebody say amen. That's my Jesus. Yeah, that's my Jesus. But the thing is about Jesus, that, that he is mighty, and he is the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he is the one who holds the stars in his hand. He is the one who has that double-edged sword, but that's not all he is. Right. He is not, not one-dimensional. Right. He is multifaceted. And so while he is all of those kinds of strength, and then some, he's also something else. And so the scripture reveals in Revelation 5, 11, these words. It says, I looked and then I heard a voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. And they circled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And so, yes, my Jesus, he is strong. And he holds the stars, and he is the roaring lion of the tribe of Judah, but he is also the Lamb of God. Yeah. Everyone say it, the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is who he is. He is so strong, and he is so gentle. I mean, when you really think about what, what that means, the, the Lamb of God I mean, what better word to describe the Lamb of God than that word gentle, gentleness. And this is part of our Savior and who he really is and what he's like. I hope you could receive this revelation today of who he really is and let the one who is on the throne become to you the source of gentleness because I think that's who he really is and who he desires to be. And so my message is because I want to talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit of gentleness. As I want to recognize that that gentleness ultimately finds its source and origin in Jesus himself. And so if I want gentleness, then I want to follow Jesus into a flow of gentleness. And, and so I want you to know that's my message today in one sentence. I follow Jesus into a flow of gentleness. And I want you to just say it with me uh, phrase by phrase. I follow Jesus into a flow of gentleness. I say it again. I follow Jesus into a flow of gentleness. 
I don't want it to be so much a, a thing that I'm working for and striving for, but instead I want it to be something that I'm experiencing a fluid reality of. I'm wanting this aspect of the character of Jesus to come into me and then flow more and more through me. And it might be an aspirational statement, as in, I think I got a long way to go, <laughs> but I want to move in this direction. I want to follow Jesus into a flow of gentleness. This is what I believe my life is meant to include, a flow of gentleness. So I want you to open up the Bible to Matthew chapter 11, and as you're turning there to Matthew chapter 11, so I was... Uh, I was, uh, I don't know, a few months ago talking to my wife and saying, I think I want to get a tattoo. And she said, what do you want to get a tattoo of? And I said, I don't know. I want it like vines and thorns and stars and stuff. And she kind of looked at me like, vines and thorns and stuff. Like, what, like, what are you? Anyway, so I didn't do it. But a couple of weeks ago, I, I saw another friend who got a, you know, a big tattoo on his arm. And I thought, ah, what if I got a tattoo, a big tattoo on my arm? What kind of tattoo would I get? And I, I'm a symbol, a symbol guy. I love the symbols in the scriptures. So I just thought to myself, this is the tattoo I would want to get. And I started sketching. And so I'll share this with you. It's just a sketch, right? It's a, I mean, I don't know if everybody can see it, but it's the throne of God with the river flowing from the throne of God and the seven columns with the seven lamps that are the seven spirits of God glowing around the throne of God. And on the center of the throne, like the scripture says, the Lamb of God. Because for me, there's, there's nothing better than the power and gentleness, strength and meekness that are all there. Don't worry, I don't know if I'm getting a tattoo. You don't have to check my arm anytime soon. I have other more pressing matters than a tattoo. But it would be something like that if I did it. You know, I, I think there are worse kinds of midlife crises, right? And, and so if that's all I ever do is, is get that tattoo, I think you should clap for me or something, right? Like, it's, it's not that bad. But Matthew chapter 11, and uh, th this scripture is one that, uh, that I know will be familiar to some of us, but I want us to just drink this in today. And this is the scripture. It says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus speaks and says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus is describing himself here. And when Jesus says, I am gentle and humble in heart, he uses a word that has the exact same root word as the one in Galatians 5 for the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5.23, it's proutis, and in, in Matthew 11.28, it's praos. It's the same root word. And Jesus is saying, right, so that fruit of the Holy Spirit called gentleness, me. It, it, it is me. <laughs> He's literally identifying himself as that very thing. And this is who he is. He is the one and only one who can say from all eternity, this, I, am, I am this. It's not just a fruit of it, me. It is me. I am gentle and humble in heart. 
But this word praos or prates, it's a word that would be used to describe uh, an animal that has been tamed. In particular, a, a horse or a large beast of burden that's been tamed. And so you think about it for a moment, talking about a horse that weighs a thousand pounds, a horse that can carry a, a, a mighty warrior into battle, a, a horse, a thousand pound or more creature that can pull a plow and, and work all day and do something incredible. It has so much energy, so much vitality, so much might and strength to it. But its might and strength and energy are managed well for the most impactful, positive outcome. And so this is, this is the word that Jesus uses to describe himself. I am gentle. So don't be confused at all about what this word is about. Is it about being a doormat? Is it about letting people walk all over you? Is it about being a lily-livered weakling and whatever else you might think? No, it's about an amazing amount of vitality and power and energy and strength, but it's about it being managed well for the most positive impactfulness that it can have. This is what we are made for, this kind of an experience of life, gentleness. And I'm thinking that there are probably some of us that already do exhibit this fruit of the Spirit in a wonderful way, but there's others of us too that, truth be told, if, if some of our coworkers or people that work with us or family members could get a chance to say so, they might say, yeah, she really could stand to kind of click up a few notches on this. He really, I hope he gets this. And, and the good news is that our God is always willing to take us on a journey of transformation. He's willing to carve into us more and more his own image. And we've already determined that gentleness is part of his very own image, both from all eternity in the throne room of heaven and in his own words about himself. So do you think he might be able to do this in you more? I believe so. I believe so. So the caveat, though, uh, it, it, well, let me get there in a moment. Let me share a definition with you, a working definition of this word gentle. This guy, Dean Hawk from Focus on the Family, gave a, a, a simple statement about it that I thought was profound. And he just said, it, it, gentleness is having a, a strong hand, soft touch. And I thought that was a great way to put it, a strong hand with a soft touch. But I want to break it down a little bit more than that. And as I've thought about it, this is my own working definition. Don't hold me to it. I might change my perspective in a couple years. But gentleness is choosing to manifest a considerate, thoughtful, and tender approach toward people, especially when strength or power is being expressed. It's choosing a disposition or an attitude or action or tone that's considerate, thoughtful, and tender. That is what this fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, is about. It's those things. But the caveat is this scripture... The fruit of the Holy Spirit is one scripture. And we, we need to always recognize that where, where there's something revealed in one scripture, it isn't necessarily that that's the only important and valuable thing. Right. Because the same scripture that speaks about the fruit of the Spirit called gentleness that we've read about both in Galatians 5 and then Matthew 11, 28, and 29 is the same Bible that also speaks about a man named King David called a man after God's own heart whose primary occupation in this world was to lead military advances to conquer the Philistines by the tens of thousands in gory battle after gory battle. And so which is it? It's both. It's not either or. 
a real and legitimate spiritual life is about following the leading of the Holy Spirit as we are doing our life with Christ. And there are moments when Holy Spirit is going to lead for an activation of something like what we've talked about in the first part of this message, that gentleness. And there are moments when Holy Spirit may lead for an activistic, aggressive demonstration of a different kind. So, so the point isn't that this is the only thing that ever matters. The point in this whole series is to be people who are following the leading of the Spirit. But I think for most of us, in most of the situations that we live through on a day-to-day basis, with our wives or husbands, with our kids, with our coworkers, with our friends, this is the fruit that's needed. Right. Gentleness, the way we've been talking about it. Right. And so I'm going to just say it again, what it is. Gentleness is choosing to manifest a considerate, thoughtful, tender approach toward people, especially when strength or power is being expressed. It's choosing a disposition, attitude, action, and tone that's considerate, thoughtful, and tender. And where does it come from? It comes from Jesus. It comes from the Lamb who is seated on the throne, who alone is worthy to receive all wisdom and power and glory and might and strength. It comes from Jesus. So back to Matthew 11 one more time. Let let me just share this with you and and let's think about it together. He says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, everyone say my yoke. yoke. Come on, even at home say it, my yoke. My yoke yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, usually we, we read this verse and it's, it's about, you know, personal stress management, right? We hear these verses of scripture from Matthew 11 and we think, that's right, yeah, I, I do feel weary. So this sounds really good right about now. Or, yeah, I got a lot of burdens. I think I would like to take him up on that invitation and come his way. And yes, it is for those moments, but not only. I think it's also for understanding what this fruit of the Spirit is and and how we're going to get to a place where we're living in the reality of this fruit of the Spirit called gentleness more. And so Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. I want you to just repeat those words of Jesus out loud. Take my yoke upon you. Can you just hear the voice of Jesus saying it to you? Take my yoke upon you. And, and I can almost hear him, and, and I'm reading into it a little bit, but I can't help it. My yoke, as in there are other yokes that you could be definitely <laughs> taking upon yourself that may or may not be doing you as much good. Right. And, and I wonder if in order for me to take on the easy yoke of Jesus, I might need to recognize that there are some other yokes that I've gotten all too comfortable wearing. And, and just to zoom out a little bit to make sure we're all on the same page for a moment, a yoke, it's a metaphorical language that he's using, but the yoke is that thing that goes across an animal's shoulders when it is uh, uh, lining up with another animal to do some pulling of some weight and some burden, right? And, and so that's the language that Jesus is using. But I think it's as though Jesus is saying, I want you to have my yoke upon you, but First, we're going to have to deal with some other yokes that are on you right now. And so I wonder if maybe Jesus might be beckoning me to recognize some ways in which I'm wearing some other yokes that aren't the ones that he intended for me. And so it may be that I'm, 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 I'm bound up with a yoke of shame and guilt. 
And because I'm bound up with a yoke of shame and guilt, I'm putting all of this negativity out there into other people and relationships, and and I'm continuing to do things that invite other people into that shadow side. And it's not gentle. It could be that I'm I'm carrying around a yoke of stress and pressure. And like they say in the dirty south, pressure bust a pipe. And because I've got that yoke of stress and pressure going on in my life, I'm, I'm putting out a kind of a, a high temperature gauge reading on every relationship and in all of the people that I'm doing life with. And, and they feel the burn just from being around me. It's not gentle, but I got that yoke and so... And then I could be carrying around and, and strapped up with a yoke of insecurity and inadequacy. And with that yoke of insecurity and inadequacy all tight around me, I'm walking around just striving all the time, striving all the time. And in my striving, I'm running roughshod over her and him and someone else because I don't have the time. I got to make something because I got, I got inadequacy and, and inferiority and insecurity I'm trying to work off. I might have the the yoke of loneliness, making me express myself in a a demanding and excessively needy way. It's not gentle. I might have the yoke of affliction, outright demonic affliction, because of ways in which I've opened up secret aspects of my life to the demonic realm. And I'm living under a demonic affliction, and it's preventing me from giving gentleness because I'm, I'm living under that shadow I might have a a yoking to an addiction and I've given myself over and I haven't found healing from the Lord and because of that that addiction, it's become the yoke that that I'm pulling everywhere I go and and I can't live out gentleness or I might have, I might be yoked up with offense. Something that they did has left me so offended that everybody I talk to, that, that offense just oozes out and so there is no gentleness coming. I might be yoked up with bitterness. Because of what they did, I'll never let go of what they did. I will never forgive what they did. And I'm walking on that yoke, with that yoke of bitterness. And there's no gentleness that can come. And I might be living with a, a yoke of a distorted sense of self-identity. Right. In any of these cases. And maybe there's many more. Right. I think Jesus is wanting for us to make an exchange. Yeah. Like Jesus is saying, would you take my yoke upon you? But in order for that to happen, I'm going to need to take this one off. Yeah. I've got to get this bitterness off of you. Yeah. I've got to get this offendedness off of you. I've got to get this inadequacy and inferiority off of you because it's, it doesn't fit you well. It's hurting you. I've got to get this affliction from this demonic stuff off of your life. I've got to get this addiction off of you because I want you to walk with my easy yoke. Yeah. That's where gentleness is going to actually begin to flow. Yes, I follow Jesus into a flow of gentleness. But in order to follow Jesus into a flow of gentleness, I need to get his yoke on me instead of any other that's been on me. So this is what I'm, I'm asking you to consider. Is there a way in which one of those other kinds of yokes has kind of gotten itself on you? And is it time maybe today to say, Jesus, would you get this thing off of me? Because I want yours, your easy yoke. The one that's light, the one that is part of your gentleness. Jesus, I need that one. Philippians 4, 5 says this. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. I want you to just say that verse of scripture out loud. Repeat it after me. Let your gentleness gentleness be evident to all. all. The Lord is near. near. One more time. Let your gentleness gentleness 
be evident to all. See, I think sometimes we let other things be evident, right? We let our woundedness be evident to all, or we let our cynicism be <laughs> evident to all, or we, we let our bitterness be evident to all, or we let our contempt be evident to all. Fill in the blank, right? All of these other things. But all the while, God has said, I, I, I want something else to be seen more in you. I want your gentleness to be evident to all. And, and I appreciate the fact that Holy Spirit inspired these words, let your gentleness, as in, you have it. If you're a believer, you have access to it. <laughs> so let it begin to show. Let it begin to be seen. Let it be evident. And the Lord is near. The one who calls himself gentle, the Lord, he's near. He's near in that moment when she is pressing your buttons and you just want to scream at her. He's near, able to activate you to live this fruit. He's near. He's near in that moment when you feel like you just can't go another moment without losing your mind right? and letting somebody have it. He's near, able to produce this fruit of gentleness in your life. It can happen. He is able to do it. Amen. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And I wanted to tell you something. My daughter turned 13 this past week, and uh, Sh Shiloh wanted a, uh, a bird for her birthday. And so Ann and I started talking about this thing, about getting a bird, and she did a poll on Instagram, asked people. Everybody said, don't get a bird. They're terrible. They're dirty. They smell bad. And we even talked with a friend who's a veterinarian, and uh, she said, oh, yeah, don't get a bird. They're the worst pets in the world. They're as bad as turtles or whatever. Anyway, she she, 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 she warned us, and, and so we were talking together about, yeah, we should not be getting a bird. We don't need to be having any more drama in our lives. We don't need that in our lives. Oh, and we weren't going to get a bird. And then this happened. Um, yes, when your daughter is as beautiful and cute as mine is and bats her eyelashes, you get a bird, right? And so we got the bird. We got a bird. Um, his name is Captain Sterling. <laughs> we named him that. My, my child and I came. Captain Sterling, he's a very cute bird. He's a little gray cockatiel, only three months old. And we don't know what we're doing. We've never had a bird before. We're just trying to figure it out. And they are messy and smelly. And all of it is true. But, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've been learning that with this bird, you have to be a, a certain kind of way. Like, you can't be like, uh, startling the bird. You can't be like sh uh, shouting and yelling and pounding and you can't be making aggressive maneuvers. The, the, the bird will you know, hide from you. you. You have to come with a tenderness in your approach and only when you do, then, then you are rewarded with a walk on the shoulder of nice cute little bird. That's what happens there. And so we're, we're learning, we're learning that uh, in order to have a positive and good experience of, uh, of a relationship with this bird, you got to be gentle. But it's not just with a bird. It's with probably most any normal person in your life. That if you're coming with aggression and shouting and rage and, uh, and all of that, you shouldn't be shocked when that person walks away and doesn't really want to engage and for all of us, there's an opportunity. And maybe for some of us, God has brought us along on this journey with him enough that we've grown quite a bit. But others of us, it's not too late. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to help you to grow in this fruit of the Spirit of God. And let me share this with you. First Timothy 6.11, it says, But you, man of God, and I would say by extension, woman of God, 
Flee from all of this sin and garbage is what it was about. Flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and say it loud and clear, and gentleness. Pursue it. It's like as though Holy Spirit is saying, look, don't, I know, you want to tell me right now, well, that's just not the way I'm wired, <laughs> you know? You want to start talking about, well, because I'm, uh, because I'm Italian, or because I'm Irish, or because I'm Latino, or because I'm, you know, Korean, or because I'm, you know, European and French, or whatever, I just, I'm feisty like that. That's just part of my heritage. <laughs> no, 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 no. That may or may not be the case, but nevertheless, God says, yeah, but still, pursue it. Go after it. Okay, so it isn't there by autopilot. Fine but you're not off the hook. Pursue gentleness. Make it a, a choice in your life that you, you will actually determine to, to live it out, to give it a shot, to give it a go and go for it in whatever ways that you can. A lot of, a lot of this gentleness uh, shows up in even just how we speak to each other. How we speak to each other. For, for example, uh, as Scripture says in Proverbs 15:1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And, and so maybe it would make sense to say, you know what? I'm thinking this snide comment. I'm going to just go ahead and hold that one back. <laughs> one wise pastor said, uh, it is perfectly acceptable to have an unexpressed thought. You know? And that might be a first step for some of us in living out gentleness. It's just deciding, I, I, I don't have to let it all out every time I feel like it. I can determine to have a gentleness in what I say and how I say it. I think there's probably some colleagues, some friends, some spouses, some sons, some daughters, some team members that are going, I really hope he's listening to this message he's preaching right now. <laughs> really hope he's, she's listening to this sermon. I hope that it happens. And I think it can. I think to the degree that we would come to Jesus, to that degree he would continue to give us more and more of himself so that we could live, live differently. Live differently. Yeah, I, was, uh, I was thinking about this, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean that hard things won't still need to happen. Like, for example, a teacher may still need to reprimand a student. A judge may still need to give a very strong sentence. An officer may still need to write that ticket or citation. A boss may still need to let somebody go. A friend may still need to put some boundaries in place. But could we Look for the opportunities to do those things in ways that nevertheless have gentleness about them. Right. I think that's maybe the kind of thing God is calling for, for you and me. And, and I hope that we would believe that he can make it happen. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this moment for me, one of, one of those childhood moments that, that you hang on to. And for me, it was fourth grade. And I was a student in Miss Martinson's fourth grade class. And I was, a, I was a, a troublemaker and goofed off all the time and distracted people in my classroom and always daydreaming and whatnot. And so one day I had detention, which meant I was in the classroom during the lunch period instead of out on the playground with all the other kids. And I was sitting there at my desk.
desk working on some worksheet and Miss Martinson was sitting at her desk doing whatever teachers do in those moments. And, and uh, I, I was you know, bummed that I didn't get to go outside. But after uh, a while, towards the end of that period, Mrs. Martinson came over to my desk and sat down next to me. And she looked at me in the way that a, a young 60s-something-year-old teacher with decades of wisdom only can. And, and she said, I want to give you something. And she gave me a, a plastic see-through ruler. And she said, John, you have not been making good choices. And you've been distracting other students in this class. And you have been goofing off. And I'm not happy about it. John? If I were to measure y- y- your behavior, you would be right here. And she pointed to the four or the five on a t- 12-inch ruler. And she said, but John, I know who you really can be. And she pointed to the 12. And then she gave me the ruler and then just quietly went back to her desk. And it was one of those never-forget-it-in-my-life moments with Mrs. Martinson. This was a wise teacher who was gentle with me. And her gentleness was life-changing. And I think it's possible for us, each one of us, to move in that direction. But it has everything to do with coming to the right source, getting rid of the yoke that is on us that isn't the one we need, and getting the yoke, the easy yoke of Jesus. You know, when Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, it's, I mean, that analogy, right, is, it's as though Jesus is saying, look, you'll, you'll experience life differently, and it won't be so much about you feeling all the pressure to pull all that burden, because I'm pretty strong, and I will be pulling right alongside you, and you'll find that when I start pulling in your life, (laughs) you don't have to strive Take my yoke upon you. Let me just share these words of Jesus again one last time. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For every one of us who's a believer, here's an invitation from Jesus saying, come on back. You've gotten saddled up with something that I'd, I have something better for you. Let's take care of that. Let's take that off of you. And then for anyone else, if, if you're new to this whole thing of being part of a church experience and hearing words about Jesus, this is the heart of it. It's Jesus saying, come to me. I mean, you're going to wear yourself out trying to uh, be a good enough person to deserve heaven. (laughs) You know, don't do that. Just come to me. My yoke. Take my yoke upon you. I have a gift for you. And it, it will be rest for your soul. And so for somebody else today, if this is all new for you, I'm praying that you would spiritually wake up and that once and for all you would say, I need to do that. I need to come to Jesus and receive what he alone can give. And so I would like to pray, and let's take a moment and pray together that God would help us to rise up into this life where we would follow Jesus into a flow of gentleness. So Lord, I do. I pray that you would give each one of us uh, a resolve in, in our spirit 
like uh, the one that I just shared, to say, I'm going to follow Jesus into a flow of gentleness. And so if right now it feels like that way of living is way over here somewhere, God, I pray for a sudden surge of hope and trust in some of us, that we would be able to say, I believe, even though I have a long way to go, I can keep moving in that direction, and that there's hope for me to become someone who could flow in that gentleness of Jesus. So thank you in advance, God, for doing that. I pray for the sake of some daughters and sons that need to see that it's possible that a dad can change, that the change would happen. And where we may have been known as harsh, God, I pray that you'd transform some of us, that there could be a new experience with our family members and people around us of the grace and power of the Spirit of God making gentleness possible. So I'm asking for that, God, for a, a sudden work of your spirit right now to allow a, a, a fresh way of being to emerge in some of us. Gentleness. Gentleness. Just say the word out loud with me in prayer. Just say it. Gentleness. Gentleness. Gentleness by the power of the Holy Spirit. Gentleness as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Gentleness of, as a flow of life with Jesus. I follow Jesus into a flow of gentleness. And I want you, while we're praying together, just make that statement out loud, uh, phrase by phrase, one more time. Just say, I follow Jesus into a flow of gentleness. Now think about that relationship where it, it always gets triggered. Think about that one person, that one situation where it seems like it always, it, something inside of you just wants to be volcano-like. I want you to think about that particular one. Think about that one. And right now, would you just say it again with me? Say, I follow Jesus into a flow of gentleness. Take a deep, a deep, deep breath and say it one more time all together. Say it. I follow Jesus into a flow of gentleness. You can do this. You can live differently by the power of the Holy Spirit, following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And people around you can have a different experience of you as a result. Thank you in advance, Lord. Now, God, I also pray for somebody for whom uh, just kind of being in a church gathering is new or coming to an online church service is new. But, Father, I pray for a spiritual awakening right now in this moment. And I'm praying for you. If you don't know where you stand with God, the way to be right with God is to come to Jesus, just like we were reading in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says it to you. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It's a spiritual rest in his saving grace. It's his gift to you. It's available right now. The salvation gift of Jesus is available to you. He doesn't force it on you. He offers it to you. And if in this moment you would finally say, I want to receive the forgiveness of my sins and this gift of salvation, what you need to do is you need to repent. That means you turn from your sin and you turn from the belief that that was going to do you right. And instead you change your mind and you turn from your sin and turn to Jesus and ask him to forgive you and save you. Just in a moment, like most all of us in this experience have done. You say, Jesus, would you forgive me and save me? And he'll do it. So while we're praying together, if you're uh, online or on uh, this campus and you would say, I want to ask Jesus to forgive my sins and save my life. Right now, you raise your hand. That's you saying once and for all, I want to be right with God. I want to ask Jesus to forgive my sins. And if you're joining me online, I want you to type it into the comments or click the button and say, I need Jesus to forgive me and save me. Just type it in. 
And then pray with me in this moment. And would you just simply say, Jesus Christ, I believe in you. It all begins right there. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. I turn from my sin and I'm asking you to forgive me and save me. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. I give my life to you. You are my Savior and my Lord from this moment on. Thank you for new life and a second chance. I'm yours. You're mine from this moment on. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together we say amen. Now, I want you to stand up together. And I'd like us to take a moment more to pray. And to pray that God would move in our nation over these next few days. Because we need him to. Would you pray with me? God, we do pray that in the United States of America, your will will be done. Lord Jesus, you spoke through uh, a saint in our church who I deeply respect that there was a sense in which, God, you, you could turn away. And we want to ask, Lord, that you wouldn't turn away. And so to that end, Lord, we raise up what you said in your word, that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will turn my face toward them. I will give them the healing that their nation needs. You said this, Lord. And so we do it now. You may not feel, while we're praying together, you may not feel like you've done anything bad. Why would you need to repent? But sometimes there are moments where you need to repent on behalf of the whole. Because who else is going to do it? That's why God said, if my people who are called by my name, because somebody's got to do it, be the one to say, God, forgive us. And so maybe right now you're saying, but I didn't do it wrong, but our nation has crossed the line in so many ways and turned our back on God in so many ways. And in this moment, would you just say, God, would you forgive us? I mean, even say it out loud. God, would you forgive us, the collective us in our nation, any way in which we've turned from you, God, for embracing the killing of babies and for creating a culture of death and and for giving God, uh, kicking you out of places where you are meant to be Lord. We repent, God. We ask your forgiveness, God. We ask your mercy, God. We repent. We repent. We ask, Lord, that you would forgive our sin as a nation. God, we ask that you would cover through the blood of Jesus every sin of all of us and every one of our country men and women. In Jesus' name, we ask, God, for your covering, your mercy, and your protection. We repent and ask, God, that you would do what you said you would do that you would hear from heaven and that you would turn toward us and heal our land. Would you heal our land, God? And Lord, we lift up to you all of the strife and division and bitterness and pain and destruction and unrest. And we're asking, Lord, that you'd heal our land. Come on, pray, cry out. Would you heal our land, God? Our nation needs your touch. Would you heal our land, God? Would you heal the division, God? Would you heal the brokenness? Would you heal it, Lord? Would you heal it? All of the deception, all of the lying, all of the two-facedness, all of the misrepresentations, so much that we don't even know how to name it all. God, would you heal it, Lord? Would you heal it, Lord? Heal this land. Heal it, Lord. Bring your healing, God. Bring your healing, God. And we pray, Father, over this election, Lord, that your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done, God, on earth as it is in heaven. God, we're praying that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray, God, that your church would rise up and make their voice known. 
and that values from your word would be manifest in the voting that we do. And that, God, the result would be that we, we would see a change in our nation. We're asking for this, God. Thank you, Lord, in advance for touching our nation. We believe that you'll do it, God. We believe you'll do it, God. We believe you'll do it, God. And Lord, we want to pray for our church, too, where it has been such a difficult year in so many ways already. And then even within the body, there's just so much uh, just tension and division and strife. And God, I pray that you would mend and heal where there's brokenness in our church body of Center Point Church, God, that you would bring a sense of spirit-born unity where there, where there couldn't be by, uh, by earthly perspective. It just couldn't even happen. There's just too much pain, too much upset, too much dis, uh, dis, uh, dis-ease of one kind and another. But God, everything's possible with you. Would you bring your healing touch in the body of Christ, Center Point? Thank you, Lord, in advance. And then in our own lives, Lord, we're asking for your touch. Just lean in spiritually for a moment longer and ask him to touch your life. You've got something particular. You logged on to this service and you've got pain that you need God to touch. You came onto this campus and you've got pain that you need God to touch. Ask him to touch it right now. Would you just lift your voice to him and say, God, would you touch this thing? Set me free from this affliction, God. Just cry out to him in this moment. This is what church is about. It's not just about hearing a clever message and talk. It's about turning to God and feeling his presence and power. But would you come into his presence for a moment? Just say, God, would you touch my body? Would you touch my spirit? Would you bring your healing to me, Lord? Ask him, God, would you bring your healing to me? I believe that you are able to touch me and heal me. Would you touch me and heal me, God? Cry out to him and ask him for this touch and maybe everything's great for you then pray for that other person that son that daughter that cousin that you know sister whatever pray for somebody else if if it not for yourself god would you touch them god would you bring relief and freedom and is there anything in particular you want to touch in this moment holy spirit holy spirit come 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 Holy Spirit, come in this moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, The first thing that came to my mind is that God wants to deliver somebody, and probably more than one, deliver somebody in this moment from extreme anxiety. Just extreme anxiety. It's like up at the top of the back of your neck all the time, and, and it's right at the top of your chest all the time. And the truth is, Yes, there's a lot of uncertainty. But the Lord is saying in this moment, I want to heal that. And so those of you for whom you're going, that I, that I need him to heal that in me. I want you to just take a deep, deep breath right down into your belly, a deep, deep breath. And then let it out. <laughs> and then take another deep breath. But this time as you're taking that breath, I want you to imagine yourself just rising up, like rising, rising, rising up until you're all the way like right in the throne room of heaven. Remember that picture I put up on the screen of those, those lamp stands? You're right there. And now from there, imagine you're right there and take another deep breath right down into your belly. Just, and then look around. Look around. Do you see those burning lamps? The seven spirits of God Doesn't the brightness of that glowing <laughs> just, just begin to 
just dissipate the, the tightness. And, and now take another deep breath right there, just right there, looking at the throne of God. Mm. And just simply say, Father, I receive your peace and healing right now. Father, I receive your peace and healing right now. And just imagine reaching to the back of your neck and taking that mound of concern, pressure, and worry, and anxiety, and just take it right off your neck and just leave it. Leave it right there. Just leave it. It evaporates as soon as you throw it down. This is your reality. When the scripture says we are seated in heavenly places, sometimes you kind of have to force yourself to enter into that reality a bit. That's what we're doing right now. Thank you, Jesus. What else do you want to do? Is there anything else you want to touch in some of our lives, in some of our physical bodies, in some of our spirits? Anything in particular, Lord? Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Some, something else that the Lord wants to heal right now is uh, utter despair. Like you've had utter despair. Like you just Every waking thought seems to be, I don't know how I'm ever going to make it. This is only ever going to be terrible. And it's like a spirit of dread has come upon you. And the result is you just feel despair all the time. Despair, despair. And I feel that the Lord wants to heal that from somebody right now. It's a healing that Jesus wants to do. Right in this moment, you felt this despair, this sense of dread. And right now, you ask him, Jesus, would you take that off of me? That's a yoke that is not your easy yoke. Jesus, would you take it off of me? I, I, I want to get free of that right now. Just ask him to free you of that right now. And just say, despair, I command you to get off of my life in Jesus' name. You go ahead and talk to it. <laughs> despair, get off of my life in Jesus' name. And, and just say it out loud. Somebody sitting at home watching online, just say it. Despair, get off of my life in Jesus' name. Dread, you've got to go. Just say it. <laughs> Dread, you've got to go. Because it's still true that my God is a shield around me. It's still true that my God is my shield and defender. It's still true that he's my rock and my refuge. It's still true that if you make the most high your dwelling, that no disaster will come near you. It's still true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What else, Lord? Is there anything else that you want to do, Holy Spirit, in this moment, for the sake of your people gathering together in your presence? We didn't come just for a clever talk and pretty songs. We came for you. What else? Holy Spirit, anything else? Anything else in this moment? I believe the Lord wants to break addiction off of somebody in this moment. You've been suffering under the weight of an addiction that you have almost resigned yourself to never getting free of. And it, you, 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 it's private. You, people don't even know about it. Some people even think that you did beat it already, but it's still going on. And it's like the Lord in this moment says, I know. I know, but I'm able to. I'm able to set you free, and I'm going to do it now. And so if that was you, you just, in this moment, whether you're uh, online or on this campus, you just hold your hands open, and, and you say, I'm ready to receive your freeing power, Jesus. So would you set me free right now? Would you bring your freedom 
through the cross. I want you to just imagine yourself looking at the cross of Jesus Christ. Right now, just mentally imagine this, that you're, you're looking at the cross of Jesus Christ and you see his nail-pierced hands. You see him hanging on the cross. But you know what is right there where the nails went through the hands and into the wood? You know what's right there? It's the addiction. It's that very thing that you're bound up with. It's that very thing that you're addicted to. And the addiction itself, it's there. It's nailed there with him. It's nailed there with him. He's paid the price for it. Can you see it? Look at it. Just see it right there. It's in the cross, in and through the nail with him. And just say this, Jesus, I believe you paid for that so I could be free. So I'm asking for that freedom right now. I receive it in Jesus' name. Just say it to him. I receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 